like to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. This is part two of our Ohio public land hunt that me and Nick did. Uh, We just got back yesterday uh, from the hunt and took today you know we had to get back to work we tried to get the podcast done yesterday but just didn't have any time we got back and it was time to wind down for the day and go to bed and back to work so we're recording today we're going to give you the rundown on everything and let you know how we finished up where all we went uh things of that nature uh i'm white obviously and over to my left we got nick yeah hey what's going on guys and over to my right, straight across, joining us in the studio since the first episode, Tommy the Cat. Hey guys, it's great to be here. Thanks, buddy. Glad you could make it for today. Glad I could be here. Yeah, right on. All right, well, I'll let Nick take it away and get right into everything. All right, yeah, so as Frank said, uh, we finished up, and we brought Tom in the studio because we figured it'd be nice to bring somebody in that wasn't sitting with us. You know, when They just really wanted my presence. Yeah, it does It was help. more the expert opinion, in all honesty. Yeah, he's been uh, our encyclopedia when it comes to hunting. You know, we have a question. We go to Tom. You say, hey, Tom, having a little trouble out here. What do you what do you recommend? But uh, when you get just the two of me and Frank out there, we forget to talk about things because we already experienced them. So we, uh, we figured we'd bring Tommy in, and he's going to run us through some questions and give us his expert opinion on what he would have done because... Uh, he is a true deer detective. Yeah, and Tom has also spent the same amount of time out of state and has done pretty well, so we'll look at those comparisons as we go on. Four days, two deer. That's all i got to say. Well, I hope you have more to say than that because we got to fill some time today. So uh, why don't we just start... What's on What's on Tom's brain right now about the Ohio hunt? Give us, give us what you're feeling. So you guys were... You traveled... West, correct? Southwest? Oh, south, big time. Southwest. It, we're, we started out, it was pretty south central, slightly to the west, and then we hunted there for a couple of days, and then we moved, We went over that in the last podcast, and then we moved back up pretty much to the center of the state. So just give me, like, the terrain, you know, what your setup was, food sources, that, that sort of deal. All right, so the first place we went, like Frank said, southern, south central Ohio, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, pretty flat for the most part. Um, we did find some what used to be agricultural fields on public land. Um, yeah, we actually ran into a DNR guy out there, and he said that normally they have a farmer that plants it every year, but this year they couldn't find anyone. So it was they kind of did like a couple of food plots here and there, but it wasn't like planted how they normally do it. Like it's normally row crops in almost all the fields, but this year there was just a couple of small food plots. Yeah, we had a little bit of standing corn with no ears left, um, some goldenrod fields and whatnot. A um, little bit of, well, actually a lot of hemlock on the first Yeah, there area. was quite a few hemlocks. But um, that was our first terrain feature. That, um, and then as we moved more towards the center of the state, it became a lot more like rolling hills. Uh, not, I wouldn't say mountainous by any means, just no, definitely big rolling, roll, hills. rolling hills that you could, I mean, you could see forever, it yeah. seemed, you know. And there was a lot of deep cuts in the middle of them, you know, deep yeah, valleys. There's that, well, I don't know, if around here we call them creeks, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, some pretty deep creeks uh, that we, you know, weren't able to cross with hiking boots and whatnot, but uh, mm-hmm. pretty thick, and we actually did find standing corn that had some ears left that was just loaded with tracks. 
Yeah. And uh, we actually had more luck seeing deer in the first setup with less food. Yeah, but I just, for sure. I don't know exactly what the reason was, but that was pretty much what the terrain was for the most part. Um, considering deer that we saw the first spot where it was more flat and wooded, uh, we had, like I said in the first podcast, we had 14 does and a buck. And then in the second spot, we had... Actually, I was the only one that saw deer in yeah, our second I area. Yeah, I didn't see anything in the we, uh, I hunted from the ground, actually, and had three doe at 15 yards. But at this time of year, we uh, didn't, we couldn't shoot, though. Yeah. So I just had to watch them walk. And I, I really enjoyed it, actually. It's pretty neat to be eye level. Yeah, it's a totally different experience when you're right down on the ground with them. You got them walking at 15 yards, and it totally changes how you have to act and hunt, you know, when you're right eye level with them. yeah you can't get away with those little movements <laughs> and sure. this and that like you got to be johnny on the spot when you're drawing your bow and everything else you got to have your shit on tight yeah so uh i just want to get an expert opinion tom with those terrain features and the experienced hunter that you are well, how would you have tackled this property to get more success out of your hunt break out the magnifying glass and really look around tom well I wasn't there. Um, makes it kind of tough. But from what I understand... You got, got the notes. I, I have a picture, a general idea of what you guys were dealing with. This time of year, being that it's January, I think food sources would be the way to go. Or travel corridors going from bedding to food sources because they just went through archery season rifle season and now it's in the late they actually had a muzzleloader season that closed the weekend before so yeah, I mean, they've been hunting hard since season. september so these deer they've been hunting hard all season long they've been pressured they know humans have been in the woods but it's winter time they gotta bulk up you know get some protein bulk some up after chasing up. all that tail so given that information time of year you know, food sources are going to be a great spot because they have to get fat to survive these harsh north winters. But with all that pressure, I it's, you know, you don't know if they're going to be coming out in daylight hours into an open field. So maybe on a trail from their bedding to an open field where they're eating would be a good idea because you can catch them you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes earlier than when they're out in the field. That's a good breakdown there from Tommy the Cat. <laughs> so uh, any other, you know, I mean, as the uh, whitetail detective that you are, what uh, other questions may you have to help us find success out of state hunting? What was your approach as to finding the specific spot you wanted to climb? For that evening hunt or morning hunt, the actual like specific tree you're talking like or like the general area. Well, I know you explained about why you want to go to Ohio and whatnot, but when you're walking through the woods, getting ready to hunt, what draws you to that tree that you're going to hunt out of? Go ahead, White. I'll let you talk. Well, all of our scouting was basically done online before with Onyx. Yeah, everyone knows what Onyx is. Pretty much, it's ridiculously yeah. helpful app. Yeah, nowadays everybody pretty much knows what onyx is yeah um 
so that's pretty much what we use for all of our scouting and like you were saying with pinch points and travel corridors and stuff that's what we kind of focused on for certain times like in the morning hunts that's what we were focusing on. i was you know looking for hemlocks and breaks in the trees and stuff and those travel corridors to set up on in the morning and uh didn't obviously didn't pan out um we didn't see any deer in the morning and even with all the walking that we did the one day we did almost a three mile loop in the first spot we were at and we did some walking around i didn't lay a track to see how long our walk was the one day that nick and i were walking around at the second spot but i was just i couldn't believe how little sign that we were seeing like in places that you would expect to see rubs and scrapes and this and that you know on the edge of food sources where there's a lot of licking branches and stuff or walking through red brush and places where there's a lot of saplings you would expect to see a lot of either rubs from this year or previous years and obviously a lot of tracks but we were weren't encountering any of that we found in all of the walking around that we did in both of the spots we found what like five rubs yeah, Total. There, there was not many rubs. Um, that one field we found across from that church had three. Yeah, you know, it, it was real tight area. Yeah, and then that one spot you picked out, there was like one little section on yeah. that game trail that was all thrashed up. But really, it was surprising because, I mean, typically you'd be able to see rubs from the years prior, and yeah, we exactly. could not find anything like that, which was kind of uh, discouraging. Yeah, and it, even tracks, like we were walking in muddy areas, we, like we said before, we were getting a lot of rain, and, you know, the edges of these fields were all muddy, and in their the travel corridors, what you would think would be a travel corridor, you know, through red brush and stuff, we weren't finding hardly any tracks, you know, the few places that we did find tracks, like on the edge of that cornfield that we hunted the last couple of days, we found some tracks, but even then, you know, we didn't see a lot of deer traffic while we were hunting it was probably all nighttime traffic and even at that there was still very few tracks to what you would expect to see yeah it didn't help that we had some guys up on the hill behind us and a dog but even with that you know that doesn't affect what happens other days you know yeah unless they're walking around every day but unlikely for sure yeah you wouldn't you would expect the deer to be around at some point walking through that corn and we did find the majority of the tracks that we found were in that area but it still wasn't what you would expect to find so tom i i do want to pick your brain here a little bit when you uh when you're having trouble finding success in the woods uh could you give me a rundown on what you do to keep your spirits high and keep the grind going Boy, I tell you what, guys, that's a tough one because most of the time I am having success in the woods. But yeah, okay. If I'm not seeing deer, you know, I head wa- back to camp and drink a Jenny beer. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. No, um, for me, it's just not about seeing deer. Anything in nature is cool. I find entertainment watching chipmunks, watching squirrels. A woodchuck here and there. It's always fun to watch. But for the most part, I've been fortunate enough while hunting where I don't have those three, four, five day dry spells where I don't see a deer. I all typically with the spots I hunt. Yeah, you're hunting familiar areas though. Like when you were when you killed two deer in four days, like you so boldly stated at the beginning of the podcast, that was that's property you've been hunting for your whole life 
you know, you you're not going in blind to areas, so I mean it's you've had time to figure things out. Well, in a situation like you guys, I would keep my spirits up by taking it as an educational trip rather than a hunting trip. Oh yeah, that's for sure what we were feeling, you know, the whole time we were like mostly scouting out for next year. Um and if, you know, if we killed something, you know, that's just a bonus to the to the trip, but a lot of it was just going to be a learning experience for Nick and I, you know, if you come with us next year whenever we plan on going down there again, you know, we have a little bit of an idea of where to go, where not to go, you know, different things like that, the lay of the land, what we're working with really. Did you guys get any pointers from the locals while you were out there? So no. You- so the uh, the first town we stayed in was rural Ohio for mo- the most part. Uh, the property with the closest hotel was a half hour from our property, and food was a half hour the other way. Um, we just we didn't really get to talk to any locals. The the uh, one bar we ended up at um, there was an underground euchre tournament going on. And them uh, old guys don't mess around when they're playing their euchre. You talk to them while they're playing, you're about to get pecker slapped. They're not having a good day if you try talking to them. Yeah, so uh, we were afraid to ask anything there. And then uh, the other bar we were at, uh, the power went out. So that was a big, you know, that was a big issue on the night. And then the last one, they were more worried about the volume of the music than anything else. (laughs) So uh, good food, but uh, did not get to talk to many locals or uh, really get any intel. We did talk to some people, you know, not in person, but people we know that are in Ohio that maybe give us some leads for future trips. Um, But as for the areas we were at, we did not get any intel. So going into next year, what could you have taken, what knowledge do you have now from this past experience going into next year's hunt? Don't hunt those two areas. <laughs> Honestly, no, I wouldn't say that. Like, both of the spots we were at, I think, would be pretty productive in the rut. Honestly, um, which I mean, everywhere gets more productive in the rut. But they both looked like, and again, we like we didn't find the sign that you would expect, but they yeah. still looked like areas that you would really expect to find some rutting activity going on. Yeah, I mean, I think given the short amount of time we had, I think we didn't, uh, dive deep into the property as we could have had you had, you know, maybe a week, uh, we were kind of doing some, I don't know, speed yeah, with scouting two days if you at will. a time. Yeah. You, you don't really have time to really get way in depth on the whole property and find those really hot spots. You know, you're kind of like you just said, speed scouting, trying to rip through and say, you know, we only got a couple of days here. We got to find what we can find and, make the most of it for sure yeah i mean like our like i said our main goal was to scout for the next year um but you're not gonna go out there without your bow in hand so we just i mean we basically like i said we treated it as a scouting trip but um just more just it was going to be a bonus if we got something down but to answer your question about following years um going there i think i would spend time there again just because I think you overwhelm yourself by trying to take on too much. And we did have a little bit of sign and there is a ton of deer tracks at our second area. And the place we are at is known for quality bucks. So I think it's definitely worth uh, another trip there for sure in the future. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I I would definitely want to spend time in not necessarily the exact same spots that we were in, but the same 
properties and things like that. So overall, you guys would mark this hunt as a success then? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even though we didn't kill anything, you know, it's still, we learned a lot from it. Yeah. I, I agree with Frank there. I, it was a good time. We had fun, you know, any day you don't have to go to the office or the shop or wherever you're heading is a good day. Even if you don't get to kill something, it's not necessarily, um, killing isn't necessarily the big judge on success. Yeah, that's not the main goal. You know, you and I had a blast just around in the hotel going to bars at night and just hanging out mm -hmm. you know we have a lot of fun walking around and figuring out new property seeing new things so it's not just about shooting something you know we just have a lot of fun doing just being outside for sure so we got one more question for you guys going out to our listeners what is one piece of advice you would give them when going on a out-of-state public land hunt oh. go ahead Nick. all right so uh i think my one piece of advice that I would give out to somebody that's looking to dive in to a public piece that they've never been after, I think evaluate what you consider a success. Um, if your only scale for success is coming home with a buck, I think you may come home disappointed on your first trip out there. I think for me anyway, I measure success on the uh, the time I had with whoever I was out there with and what I saw as in just nature in general. I mean, I, I got to see some cool country that I've never been to. Um, and just, it's just a good experience all around for me. So I would say my tip for somebody that's looking to dive in public ground they've never been to is just reevaluate your goals and, uh, make sure that your success isn't just a one track mind on killing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's a really good thing to take away from it. And also just make sure you do your research before you go somewhere. You know, don't just go in completely blind. Like I said, we used Onyx a lot to find what we thought was going to be the best places that we were going to have a little bit of success. And so just don't go in totally blind. Do you know, Nick and I were researching different areas for two months before we went and you know, just make sure you know what you're getting into before you go drive. Like we drove five and a half hours to get to our first spot. So don't just go wasting your time running around thinking you're going to kill something without doing any research. For sure. I agree with that as well. Um, and since it's been teased so many times on this episode, it's only fair, Tom, I need you to step up to the mic and give us the rundown four days, two deer, Give us a little teaser on what that means and I think why we should do so like important. a full podcast on a wrap up of all of our deer. Well, pretty much Agreed. just you and me because Nick didn't kill anything, but we'll, we'll let you tease a little bit. You know, just just give us a quick rundown. You know, not too many details, but give the listeners what they're hungry for. All right, so this was actually I left for Morrison Farm, which is Finger Lakes, New York, about three hours east of home. I left immediately after my final final of, which would be the first semester of my senior year, a couple months ago, and I get up to camp. It would have been Tuesday night. I wasn't able to do an evening hunt. So we had a Jenny beer. I did. I did. I bet it was more than one Jenny. How many Jenny beers was it? Tom? It was a few Jenny beers Tuesday night. 
And from that night on until Saturday, I harvested a nice mature doe and my biggest buck to date with an inline muzzleloader. So I and t- a thirty rack of Jenny. Yeah, that's uh, quite the accomplishment. Getting your the PR on your best buck is that's uh, I mean, it. It's a great feeling, and congratulations to you. Uh, I don't want to give away too much details because we're going to do a full wrap up here soon. But um, that's like you said. I don't know if you want to give any any little teaser on how that went down something to leave the listeners just drooling at the mouth for more all i can say is late season with a muzzleloader you gotta hunt food sources and we'll get more in depth with it next time all right talk about it we'll definitely talk about it but uh that's uh pretty much wraps it up for our ohio trip i want to thank tom for joining us in on this episode he is a host but he wasn't in ohio so he was playing guest i was hitting the books Back to school, you know? Definitely. You just start hitting the woods a little more often, you know what I'm saying? You got more deer than you this year. It's because I wasn't shooting does. We got the same number of bucks, buddy. Ding, ding, ding. Did you have a doe tag? I did. I chose not to shoot does. Uh Yeah. Not your your choice. (laughs) Let's talk about it just for a quick second. Whose bucks were bigger? Let's go total inches of antler. Oh, man. I almost feel like we should just... Leave it there. We'll just hang on till next we'll, time. we'll talk about it later. You know? Yeah, we're gonna talk about that later. So uh, in the meantime, I think we're gonna you know finish up our trapping and maybe do some fishing. Whatever yeah, you guys before gotta... we head out though, I just everyone you know whatever you're listening to us on you know whatever if it's you know one of the podcast platforms, Spreaker, Spotify, or Podbean, um, or YouTube, or YouTube, you can, yeah, all look our at, podcasts are on YouTube but as well. No matter what, just drop us a line. You know, we did this mini series for Ohio. And we do a lot of traveling around, like for turkey season and different things in deer season and rattlesnake hunting. And so, fishing as well. Luke travels all over fishing. Yeah. So if you like the little mini series, you know, to kind of follow us along the whole time we're doing it, uh, drop a comment or hit us up on Instagram at White Cat Outdoors and let us know what you thought of it. If you liked it, uh, we'll do it some more. If you didn't like it, we'll. We're still going to do it. Yeah, we'll still probably do it. <laughs> I enjoy doing it. And that's yeah. what it's all we about. We got to have something to do while we're out there not killing deer. Yeah. So uh, definitely, like Frank said, you know, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, there's more stuff coming. I've been doing some recording for Luke on the streams. We've got some really cool shots there, and uh, there's going to be some hunting videos coming, so make sure you guys are subscribing to that. Um, but whatever you guys got to do, make sure you guys are getting outside. 